movies in 4K. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode five of Movies in 4K. I am Bill Shetty. And I am Lady Phantom. And this is the podcast that we review, debate, analyze, and break down one 4K release each and every episode. Right, Phantom? Right. This is going to be a cool episode, huh, Phantom? Yes. You know why? Because we have a guest. From the now defunct movie podcast weekly, we have a gentleman named Carl Huddleston. But, Phantom, we had some technical difficulties, (laughs) and I feel so (laughs) sorry. I don't know what it was, a corrupt SD card or something, but we lost the first 15 minutes of it, of our announcement with Carl, and a little bit on the front end of the genre classification. Yes, and that's such a pity. Yes, it is, because I introduced Carl and... um, We went over a question and stuff like that, but we didn't lose all of it. Once we get into the review, we have most of it. So what we're going to do, we're going to run through the opening segments here like we normally do without Carl, but in about 15 minutes, you will be hearing Carl. Yes. We're reviewing 2001 A Space Odyssey. Now, As guests come on, we are asking them to pick a movie they want to review. Carl was so nice and chose three movies and allowed us to pick one out of the three. Yes. So what we chose was from 1968, A Space Odyssey. And this was a fascinating discussion. Just to let you know, you're in for a treat here. Just to let you know, when we have guests on, we will not be covering current events. Because we want to spend time with the guests more. As I said before, the beginning of this got corrupted, so we do feel very bad about that. But we are going to get Carl back on to discuss a little bit more about 4K and stuff because he is highly into it and recommends it just as much as we do. So we're going to get this rolling Genre classification, Phantom, on IMDb is adventure and sci-fi. Okay, I think this is a 55% sci-fi. Oh, you're not going alphabetically on this episode? (laughs) No, I'm beginning with my biggest percentage. Okay, and mine is 75%. Now, this is only listed in two genres, and the other one is adventure, so... I have no extra ones. That's 25% for me. Okay. For me, adventure is a 25%, especially towards the end. Okay. And your additional genres? I am adding drama and mystery. I'm giving it a 5% drama because there is, you know, a, a little bit of it there. But, I mean, it's very little, but it's there. And a mystery, which is 15%. Because I think, I mean, the, the general thing in this sci-fi and adventure and everything is about a mystery. And, I mean, there's something that is mysterious and we want to know about it. We don't really get answers, but... But I am not going to add any genres to this 
personally. I mean, yes, there's small little subsections here and there, but it's solely on adventure sci-fi. You could add thriller. You could add other things, but it's not enough for me to warrant. This is not a typical mystery when you think of a mystery movie. No, it's not. But I did feel that it needed a little like mystery classification because, I mean, the movie is about a mystery. So, yeah. All right. I feel you. You got four. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> but if you walked Have into, it your way. If you walked into Blockbuster now or a video store, if they're still hanging on, you would find this straight dabbed in the science fiction, correct? Absolutely. And Carl did agree on both of them. And it's cool because we do have his ratings. Carl rated it as adventure 30% and sci-fi 70%. All right, rated G from 1968, Stanley Kubrick's 2001, A Space Odyssey. What is the synopsis, Lady Phantom? After discovering a mysterious artifact buried beneath the lunar surface, mankind sets off on a quest to find its origins with help from intelligent supercomputer HAL 9000, a.k.a. HAL. Thank you. And this is one of my favorite parts of the show. (laughs) The real world plot, Phantom. Which always puts me on the spot. Well, it's basically about this mysterious artifact that they keep finding. And I say they keep finding because it appears at the dawn of man. And then in the year 2001, I suppose... And then at the same time, but at a different place completely, on a different planet. So the thing here is these missions are supposed to find out what is the deal with this mysterious artifact. And in the way, because they always do, things go wrong. Yes. So let's open this bad boy up. First off, you have three minutes of blackness, only with music. And that is different. (laughs) It is. Later, you come to find out, or I came to realize, we could say, that it's the overture, you know, like in old movies. Because there is an overture, then there is an intermission, and then there's the final music, the end credits, you could say. But funnily enough, I've seen comments on this where they gave this movie a one because of stupid things like this. Now, there is nothing wrong with your TV. It is kind of bizarre nowadays or at any time to have a black screen for three minutes. Yeah. Have no words, no writing, just some sound playing because otherwise you might think your TV is broke. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't see anything before, you go like, what's going on? Yes. But right after that, we jump to the beginning of mankind. Yes. Like right before, as they put it, the dawn of man. It was like right there when evolution started to take a turn into actual mankind. Yes. So we have these primates all living on these great (laughs) barrier reefs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that 
That sounds like the ocean, but okay. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Vast landscapes, mountainous. You know, they're out by themselves. And then there's some conflicts with apes. Yes, among, not themselves, but among like two clans. Two factions say, Two or factions. Something. And I got to say right off the bat, Wow. This movie is over 50 years old, and it looks like it could have been made yesterday. That is how good this quality is. And I don't want to get ahead of myself on the 4K, but I couldn't help myself, Phantom. I was astounded by the video quality of this movie because I'm expecting a lot of grain, lines, snow, and it didn't happen. I know. It looks... Like I, of course, not getting ahead of myself now, but all the time I had to keep reminding myself that this was a movie made in the 60s. It's unbelievable how well made it is. Jumping up a little bit, there comes a turn. These monkeys, apes, primates, find a monolith, which is basically just a rectangular rock in the ground. Yeah. And they're all going crazy. Touching it and not wanting to touch it. And it's like, oh, what is this? And you got to pay attention in this movie. These monoliths play a key role Mm -hmm. in what's happening. So right after this scene, we get into another little side part here where one primate starts bashing a skeleton. Yeah, with a bone from the same skeleton, he starts to to see that he can actually break it, like, let's say, wield it as a tool or weapon, in this case, weapon. And uh, he notices that he can use this to do something else, which is a thing that is characteristic of human beings, that we can wield tools, Right, and that's the part I asked Phantom about. Like, how did that denote it? But it makes sense because that was a big thing in civilization. Yeah. That's what made us different. Not only our thought process, but that we could build things and control. Well, not control, but beat animals. Because what's the next scene we get? The next scene we get... Uh, right or after domination, it, basically. Yeah, it's these uh, apes or whatever they are. When the, when you see that this guy is like breaking bones, at the same time you are seeing some animal fall to the ground. So it just like it's kind of obvious that they are using this new tool or weapon to hit the animal. So then the next scene we see this clan of apes actually eating the flesh of the animal. Which hadn't happened before that. Right. They learned this. They learned this. They were like, oh, we can kill this. So now they're the supreme being among all the other animals. Yeah. And I guess that was a time in evolution, in history, when men began to eat meat. Because before that, they had to be vegetarian or something because they just didn't kill animals to eat. So that, that was the beginning of that. And these people that were in these gorilla suits or ape suits, oh my God, they were so lifelike, real. Their eyes, their teeth, unbelievable. Those prosthetics that they used, which actually was all the, the eyes were actually theirs, 
but the mouth and the teeth and all of that was prosthetics. And it was incredible. Like you totally buy that these things have that mouth and, and, and everything. It's amazing. Yes. Yeah, so that's our first little part of this movie. Then we... But we cannot forget that besides the fact that they actually learn to kill, to eat, basically they learn to hunt, you could say in a way, they also discovered that they could use these bones as weapons against the other clan. Now we jump all the way into a technology world. <laughs> yes. Somewhere around 2001. Somewhere in that vicinity. With real characters and we get our first dialogue speaking things. Yeah. <laughs> and as you know, we don't spoil any movie here on Movies in 4K because we don't like to. And if you haven't seen it and it's interesting and we rate it high, we don't want to cover things that can spoil the movie. So now we are following this guy in a technological world that is past 1968 when this movie was made, set in the future. And he is off to somewhere, Phantom. Yeah. So we go from the dawn of time all the way up into the future when this movie came out. When there is travel, like space, actual space travel. And why the movie goes here is because this is when they find another monolith, like in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. So, Carl, where was that monolith found? Beneath the surface of the moon, and they calculate it's been there four million years. Right. And so they, they explore that, and then uh, a signal happens that shoot, it's shooting to Jupiter, and they realize, okay, well, we, we got to go figure out what's at Jupiter that this thing is talking to, and that's when the, the excitement begins. Yeah, and I think that's a Kubrick style. He lets things happen on screen. Yeah. Yeah. He is not no rush. It, it, he was extremely deliberate with his scenes. It's like you are watching a Kubrick movie and you can tell it's his. Like it, it's mm -hmm. so easy to see. Yes. Yeah, because even a scene that isn't meant to be, there's nothing really scary happening but it's still because of his deliberation it is still suspenseful yeah right right and interesting and some of the science fiction that they thought was going to be like in 30 years was pretty cool some of the yeah. foods oh, yeah. they ate <laughs> yes yeah. yep. sipping carrots yeah that silverware that they were using it was really cool you know yeah, it, was, it, it, was, it was cool this was so yep. interesting to me and it's funny because as you know, through time, this is either boring. You've heard so many people say throughout my life, like, oh, my God, mm -hmm. this is such a tedious movie. But it's fascinating to me watching each step. Like there's a scene when there's a spaceship landing and coming down into a place and it plays for five minutes. Yeah. But it goes to show the sets, man, this guy designed. The set, exactly. You're looking at everything and you're going, you know, and you see so many instances of where uh, other sci-fi guys stole from this yes. movie. You know? Oh, yeah. Like the, the loading dock of the jet that's coming in. You, you look at the loading dock and you're like, well, that's clearly the Death Star when the Millennium Falcon. I know, Falcon that's what I said. <laughs> I'm like, you know? oh, my God, that's a Death Star. <laughs> yeah. 
And the and sleeping guys, pods has had to be from, you know, Alien. I thought Alien was the first one to oh, do that, yeah. but I was wrong with that. Yep. I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Jerry Anderson, the sci-fi. Who, he did shows like uh, Space 1999 and UFO. No. A lot of the stuff I was recognizing, he, he uh, like the way the, uh, the moon station on the ground was circular. Uh, he, he took that for his, one of his shows and... Uh, so yeah, it, this this was really influential. Yeah, and I was thinking, Carl, maybe like because if you are familiar with The Incredibles, I'm assuming here you are familiar with Wally. Oh yeah, yep. Uh-huh. I mean the the eye. I was like, they took this directly from here. <laughs> yeah. Right, and it, it's oh, so cool. That's another movie that I love from Pixar. One yeah, of my favorites. A lot of influence here, man. People have taken a lot from this. So yeah. let's get up to the part Phantom when Hal comes into it, the computer. Oh, I loved it. Like the the voice, the calmness, the yeah. <laughs> ah, how they say that it has emotion, but right. that maybe he he or it can't feel but then later on you figure that it does feel somehow and 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 it's fascinating yeah this would be the first movie carl that had artificial intelligence that learns Uh, and manipulates and if there's one before it i can't think of it right yeah Um, yeah how many movies have taken this subject alone oh yeah (laughs) all of them yeah I mean, I can think of a dozen. Easy. Have you guys, You, pr- I don't know if you have or not, have you seen the sequel to this? No. No, we haven't. Oh, you should check that out. It's. A, I think it's really well done, actually. It's a keeper? Yeah, it's It's Roy Scheider and uh, John Lithgow. Cool. Who, and and it, Helen Mirren. I, I saw yeah. that, and I was like, ooh, it has a sequel. And yeah. who directed that, do you know? Oh. Like, um, is it anybody known? He's done other. I can't think of his name. He is he, he is known, but I can't. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um, but he's done quite a few things. Has it, it been uh, released on 4K? Do you know, Carl? Uh, no, no. It is on Blu-ray. Okay. Um, but it it actually explains finally why Hal flipped out. <laughs> oh, okay. So which which I liked, you know. Right, get some that's resolution a, there. Yeah, that's yeah, and a Hal key is point. in that in that second movie, the same guy that made the that gave the voice for is Hal. It? Yeah, at, at least that's what I saw on IMDb. IMDb yeah. told me. I thought a really interesting part was when they were talking with Space Command, and they said that they thought Hal was not acting right. Uh-huh. That was a really interesting part of the movie because then they go off. And try to get out of earshot of Hal. Oh, I, uh, that's a big negative for me. A big yeah. one. It's a negative in the movie? Yes. but Because they go to incredible lengths to not be overheard by Hal. And then they go and turn around and, and see it like with their lips dire- directly in front of him. <laughs> and it's like, dude, the window is right there. But would you think the computer could read lips? Yeah. It doesn't matter. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't matter. This was you a get, highlight to me. You Carl, get completely out of earshot, and also you make sure it can't see you. You Because you don't know. I mean, you don't know if I, it can read lips or not. The point is yeah. that, and then they keep looking at it. 
It's like, <laughs> that doesn't look suspicious at all, guys. Yeah, see, that's a positive, not a negative to me. I thought it was very ingenious how that was done. Yeah, I mean, it was ingenious because of what happens. Like, how can read their lips, you know? But if you are trying to not be seen, how about not being seen or in the first place? <laughs> yeah, okay, then we have some scenes there, and then we jump into Jupiter, they fly <laughs> off to Jupiter, and then there's this wild, trippy scene. <laughs> oh, my God, this shined 4K, Carl. All these yeah. colors and lights and what's going on. Cool scene, and boy, did the house rumble, Carl, with that bass. Oh, oh my yeah. God. For a oh, good that's... 10 minutes. <laughs> it was yeah. shaking pictures on the wall. Yeah, really? I, I didn't oh, even nice. know where to where to look because there was so much to look. Yes, it was just incredible because something happens there and we don't go into that. But we end up finding another monolith, basically. That's the yeah. whole thing. And what do you want to describe here, Carl? We can't give too much away, but like what, you know, interested you, fascinated you with that segment? Well, you know, it's funny. Recently, um, maybe a couple of years ago, I finally found an article where somebody actually got Kubrick to describe what he was trying to say with the ending. And I, I literally don't even remember it, but it is out there. Right. Um, because so many people have asked him and he would say, oh, well, it's up to you. And it's like, no. Right. I don't pay to go to a movie to have me tell the <laughs> oh, so, ending, you know? <laughs> so, Carl, you're not a movie watcher that likes to ponder? You don't like left open movies? Well, I don't like that left open, you know, like where okay. I'm, it, it, nothing is, it's all this uh, visual, um, I can't even think of the word, but, you know, all, all these things are happening to him and you're like, is he dreaming? Is he moving through time? Is he... Right time and space, you know, you're seeing landscapes and, and, uh, I, I need some explanation of what's happening. Well, as you watched it now, probably several times, would you say he was, uh, time traveling? Well, yeah, a little bit. You would, you know, okay. And, I, yeah. It goes to what you believe this story because it all kind of ties together, but there is some things that are way left open. Yeah, he could even be going to a different dimension for all we know because he, he enters kind of like a wormhole or something. So who knows? But you're right, Carl. I mean, I don't mind movies that have an open ending if you can, you know, deduce what's going to happen. But right. in this case, it's like, okay, I'm completely fascinated by this movie. I've been completely fascinated for an hour and a half, almost two hours. You know, it has been not super easy to follow, but it's not hard either. It's like mm -hmm. you can get it. And then at the end, you get completely and irrevocably lost. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the part that I was not very much a fan of because I didn't want everything explained to me with apples, you know, but I needed a little bit more. But I yeah. got to say something with that. Would you say, we all know this is Stanley Kubrick, and mm -hmm. I think we've all read a lot and seen him on interviews. Do you think he would say now, well, you're not smart enough if you don't get it? <laughs> what do you think of that, Carl? I don't think he'd say that, no. Um, I, I truly, I don't know what he'd say. Like he, like he said, there are times he said, you know, I want you to come to your own conclusion. A lot of people said, oh, he becomes a star child, whatever that is, you know, or... Right. Um, so that's why I was glad to find that. Um, I, I should go find that article again. But uh, 
if you probably if you googled Stanley Kubrick explains the ending of 2001 you probably find it but were you, yeah I were you happy with the ending or no that's a downfall to you I, I would have liked more of an epilogue an explanation okay you um, Phantom? yeah I I mean I liked it I could see like the very last image that we see I mean I can I kind of see the relation but the fact that it left me so out there with no explanations, I wasn't a fan of that. Okay. And 20, 2010 tries to also give you some closure on that as well. Oh, that's Which good. is good. Yeah. But I, it's, I, I liken it to, like, you guys, I assume, have seen Inception. Oh, I, I just ordered it because he hasn't seen it, and I love it. Oh, crap. You haven't seen the end then. So the end kind of also leaves you... Ask, you know, giving yeah, your own answer. But, but that you know? is cool because in that ending, you get to choose. You exactly. know, it's, it's exactly. not like you know what happened, but you choose to, to choose whatever right. fits better with you. Yeah, and I'm okay exactly. with that. Yeah. So it, though that one, I didn't mind as much, although I did go when it went to black, I was like, son of a. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, but uh, that's Christopher Nolan, who incidentally yes. was instrumental in the uh, transfer of this to 4K. Ooh, cool. Yes, by the way, this is a true 4K, too. Yeah. yeah. Scan, yep. which is cool. All right, I think we described enough of this movie. We got to move on to the really important stuff, whether this 4K disc is worth it and the quality there. First, movie rating from 1 to 10 and recommendation, Lady Phantom. This movie, I think, is a 9 out of 10. I would say it's an almost perfect movie, really. But this is the thing that the ending left me hanging in a way that just doesn't let me give it a 10. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and buy it. Absolutely. This movie is a must-have. And for those people who are many that say this is boring, it is not. It is not boring. It's fascinating. Yes, I agree, and I'm puppeting you. I got the same thing. Just a few little thoughts there, left open way too much. But I still found it interesting, and I think I will be talking with friends and family about this movie <laughs> more so now, just to get their point of view, because it's that interesting, because what people take from it is vastly different. Yeah. And sometimes you learn some things that way. So I'm the same, nine and bye. How about you, Carl? Yeah, for me, it's a 10, just for its historical and significance and its influence and that um, is true mm -hmm. it, it's it's really even despite the ending uh it's it's a masterpiece it just is um i mean the sets alone and the like technology it. in the 60s is unbelievable yeah what this, guy this is a of. year before we went to the moon right yeah and uh, i know? told bill while we were watching i was like i have to keep reminding myself that this is a 60s movie because <laughs> if you don't pay attention to the clothes yeah. you know and the the costumes that they wear i mean this could be a movie made two years ago easily yeah do you consider this a masterpiece, Carl? Yeah, he said so. I, I oh, do, yeah. Yep, I yep. do too, even though I'm not going 10. Yeah, it is. You know, I really do. I and just can't hit a 10 because yeah. there's too many ambiguous things. Exactly. And I yeah. think anybody who doesn't think this is a masterpiece just doesn't know about yes. cinema, period. Yes. yes. All right. So let's get into the good stuff now. <laughs> All right. 4K video quality, Carl. What do you think? Oh, it's off the chart. I mean, 
I was watching particularly once they get to the moon, when they're traveling to the moon and all the stuff that happens on the moon, the black levels, the detail, the, it looks like it was shot yesterday. Yeah. And it, it, um, I don't, have you guys seen last year's uh, documentary called Apollo 11? No. No, I wanted to see it. I haven't seen it yet. It's streaming somewhere, but they found 30,000 hours of footage that was shot uh, Mm -hmm. leading up to the moon landing. And you're watching this and the the footage looks like it was shot yesterday as well. And this is like that same thing. It, you can't believe you're looking at something that's 52 years old. Right. I, I was blown away from the second this came on, Carl. We have, you know, 60, 70 4K discs right now. So mm-hmm. we, wow. have, we have <laughs> none this old. This is the oldest one. What's oh, the yeah. oldest one we had before this, Phantom? We don't have many of the real old transfers, you know, digital transfers. We have more modern stuff i would say i mean we do have some from the 90s and things like that i don't think there is many old 4k well, we do have the original halloween that's 78 okay. that's 10 years yeah. later but um okay oh my god it's unbelievable how good this digital scan is carl it is it's it and like i said if you go to blu-ray.com and read it and also in the liner notes you see that christopher nolan spent a ton of time making sure that the remastering of the actual film was done right. Yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine how many painstaking hours. I personally only caught two brief scenes where it was a touch snowy. Outside of that, this clarity was impeccable from the faces to all the colors to outer space. And Phantom, why don't you say the facts you found out? Like, Remember, fans out there, there's no CGI, nothing like that. How these <laughs> space scenes were actually done, I thought was yeah, fascinating. It, it was a, apparently it was a mixture of models painstakingly done with all the detail. And, well, it's Kubrick, so you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, there's no CGI. <laughs> there, no, absolutely not. Like, but nothing. there were paintings, you were but saying. But then, yeah, exactly. There were... 13 or 12 or 13 people whose job was basically to paint all these scenes in outer outer space painting both black and white and that's all they did and funnily enough later on they went many of them went to do the yellow the yellow submarine because they needed some color in their lives but (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly yeah but i mean it's incredible that so much of this that looks like you know some super modern special effects is paintings what yeah. it's yes. amazing and we nobody mentioned this but like the tracks when they're on the spaceship when they're like walking on the side of the building and then up and down was so cool looking and that's something that christopher nolan does a lot and of yes. course like he took it from here but i did find out because i didn't know i thought this was the first time it had been done but the, the very first time that a stage, a moving stage like this was used was in 1929. And th- that's like mind-blowing, definitely. Yeah, th- this was yeah. incredible. I personally can't see how this could look any better. You, Carl? No, no, it is it is perfect. It's I can't even imagine 8K doing anything for it. Um, exactly. Because 
especially like I said, the the texture of the moon, the colors, the contrast is yes. It is every color pops. If you wanted to show off your system to somebody, this is definitely a movie to do it. And isn't that unbelievable? A 50 year old movie that you can put in to show somebody a 4K. (laughs) Yeah, that is very oxymoronic. I was blown away from the opening scenes with the monkeys and the apes and things. I I couldn't believe like how the meadows looked and everything. Yeah, and that's another thing I found out because IMDb told me that all those first scenes in the African landscapes and everything, all of that were pictures. They were actual photographs. They, it was not even like live footage, but they found a way to make it look like it. All right, wow. so we all agree on that. Let's go to the audio, which is not an Atmos track, but it is 5.1. What did you think, Phantom? Oh, it was really, really good. I don't think it was as good as Atmos because, yeah, I mean... I I yeah, needed well, a little was more over our heads. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This could have sounded cool with some an Atmos track. Yeah, there's one scene with at the beginning with the with the apes that you do hear them from behind. But other than that, there weren't many scenes where things came from came up from behind or obviously above you. But the sound was really good. Many times, well, I, I did feel at times that everything was coming too much from the front. You know, as mm-hmm. as opposed to in surround. Well, remember this had uh-huh. to be mono in '68, right, Carl? Exactly. I mean, yeah. no. I mean, what they and- did is amazing. <clears throat> like what they did with a mono track is incredible. Like there were scenes where really the place, all, all our place, was rumbling. You know, like it was the bass, like, and you are like, oh. Yeah, and it was that low grinding bass too. Like you feel it, bass. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, and 20, mm-hmm. 2010 is really awesome for bass as well with is the it? ships and stuff. But the, yeah, I was just going to say, and one of the reasons, you know, I don't see an Atmos doing much for it is because of Kubrick's use, intentional use so much of the silence. True. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah. And I'm going to say too that the choirs that he used were like, oh, they, they really, really shine in this movie. Like they, you feel the choir is around you and it's so like that belong in the omen you know it's yeah, that, super yeah. creepy that reverse church music man <laughs> that, that sounded like it was coming from a exorcism type yeah. yep. movie you know it was very really ominous freaky but overall were you pleased with the clarity and everything of the sound carl or did you want more could you have expected more no not for what he intended i think it's 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 right where it should be you know right uh, his use of music is minimal uh you know i think some people even get unnerved at the the length when um he plays uh, that one classical song a lot though yeah the blue Danube. yes the uh but the, the scene where he's replacing the ae35 unit and he you hear his breathing yes. for a oh, good yeah. five minutes you yes know? that comes from behind you which i thought was bizarre i never heard that I can remember breathing coming from behind. <laughs> Which was Stanley Kubrick breathing, by, by the way. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, there we go. All yeah. right. What special features we got on the disc, Phantom? Well, first of all, this edition has not only the, the 4K disc, but it also has a little booklet. Did you get that and some card? cards. I think so. I got the uh, the steel case one, oh. and I actually haven't explored. Oh, he has the steel book. Oh, you're a steel case guy too. <laughs> huh? 
Yeah. That's all right. June 2nd, I'm getting the steel book of Jaws. We already pre-ordered it. (laughs) Yes, we did. So then there's that, which is pretty cool. And there's also special features. We have the commentary by Kier Dolia. I don't know if that's the way you pronounce his last name. That's one of the stars, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, the guy with the... I loved his eyes. Super intense. That's Yeah, super intense. And Gary Lockwood. Then we have... Channel 4 Documentary, 2001, The Making of a Myth. Four insightful featurettes as well. We have Standing on the Shoulders of Kubrick, The Legacy of 2001, Vision of a Future Past, The Prophecy of 2001, 2001, A Space Odyssey, A Look Behind the Future, and What is Out There, 2001, FX and Early Conceptual Artwork, Look Stanley Kubrick, audio-only bonus, 1966, Kubrick interview conducted by Jeremy Bernstein and the theatrical trailer. Wow. Have you watched any mm. of those special features, Carl? No, no, not yet. Yeah, neither I, I tend I. to not. I'm not a guy who listens. I don't like to listen to, like, the commentary tracks. Me neither. Uh, I'm not a commentary track. Yeah, I don't like to like. I don't like to know how something. Usually, I don't like to know how something was done because I remember it, and then the next time I watch it, that's what I think about. No. You know? So then, special features aren't a selling point to you on these discs. Not particularly. No. Okay. I love special features. Yeah, I like certain things of the special features. If it's a movie, I totally enjoy. I do like to see cast interviews bloopers extended scenes stuff like that but if it's a movie that i'm not too interested in i usually don't watch them yeah the same with me i like featurettes i like makings of in some cases like some horror movies like it's interesting how they did the gore and stuff like that i like how the the ones that have it available how they chose the cast i like that and if there's a gag reel i'm a sucker for gag reels yeah that can be good and i I tend to like the one, like my favorite war movie is The Great Escape, and there, which actually happened. And there's a full documentary of the of a couple of the guys that were involved with it, and how they talk about how real the movie was, and and the, wow. so that kind I do like. Yeah, those are pretty cool. All right, so here, Carl, we grade this from A plus to F, the disc quality, <laughs> and we let them know if the disc is worthy upgrading to 4k over blu-ray or any other thing so phantom what do you have i have this disc as an a i was thinking about a plus but yeah there are i know i'm being super nitpicky here but there are certain scenes that are kind of a little bit snowy and there were other scenes in which i see or i saw the stars you know and then i don't know if it was because of the movement or what but they were moving weird the stars and i wasn't really a fan of that but that was it that was it it's a great thing and i do think that especially because also the the last sequence this disc is definitely worth it like that last part and in general all the contrast of the colors like kubrick was as much as i do not like some of his work but he was a master on light and shadow and this mm-hmm disc like it makes it shine in such a way that definitely like if you can see this in 4k i don't think you can go back yes and i'm exactly with you and i am only not giving it an a plus for the sound 
Now, I know it does do a lot of silence, but I don't know. I think they could have added, and I don't know if they could have had the rights to do it. You said Nolan did it. But I would have liked to heard way more surrounds, and I would have liked to heard an Atmos track, even if Kubrick didn't want that. <laughs> I don't know. When those things are spinning and they're going upside down and so many space scenes, yeah. man, it would have been incredible if this if they went all out on the parts that did have the music and sound effects. But for the video, you can't get any better. Yes, there were some scenes I noticed, but I cannot criticize a 50-year-old movie. A little snow for two yeah. brief seconds because everything else, the detail was impeccable and the colors pop. So I am going to give it an A. It's definitely worthy. Definitely buy this on 4K if you have the setup. All right, Carl, what do you got? Yeah, I, I say A+. Plus. It, it Own it. If you're a Kubrick fan, if you're a physical media fan, if you are, you know, uh, a sci-fi fan, this is this is a must-have in your collection. And the fact that you get the Blu-ray with it and a digital yes. copy, it's a, it's a no-brainer. And it's only twenty bucks right now. Yes, and I think this one got a limited release. I heard that this isn't like widespread. That they're not going to keep reprinting these. So I think it was a first-time run, however hmm. many are out there. So we'll see about that. Oh, one thing I forgot, all the special features are on the Blu-ray. None are in 4K, to let you know. And that's, oh, okay. that's something that's common. Have you noticed that anymore, Carl, with your yeah, newer titles? No, that's, that, that seems to be pretty typical because right. um, even digitally shooting in 4K, you know, is uh, – it takes up a huge amount of memory, oh, yeah. you know, and you're not really going to want to burn that on a, a featurette, yep. you know? Yeah. 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 We oh, found a couple. Yeah. Recently. And and we just saw precisely on, on a video that the special features for Jaws are going to be on the 4K. Yes. Oh, nice. So exciting. All right. Before I let you go, Carl, you had reached out to me and said you'd like to talk about three movies that you want to see on 4K. So let's do a round robin here. What do you want to see, Phantom, on 4K? Why do I always go first? Okay, I'll go first while you're popping up your phone. I want to see the original Planet of the Apes. Now that I know how good apes look, <laughs> I love Planet of the Apes for one. I mean, that was such a classic movie. I could watch that any day. Not any of these remakes out there, people. I, I didn't even watch most of them remakes. I was ticked because that was one of my favorite sci-fi series as ever is Planet of the apes i want to see the birds i would love to see that because there's so many bright daylight water scenes mm -hmm. and then when the birds attack if somebody man takes this upon themselves and converts this and i want to see one of my favorite gangster films i don't know if you've ever even heard of this one carl carlito's way with al pacino oh yeah yeah it that is personally one of my favorites along with godfather but carlito's way is just fun to me and al pacino was so incredible in that and i just like the story and that this guy trying his damnedest to get out of this life and just everything he does it goes yep. sour so <laughs> there's my three what three do you have Phantom? well i'm gonna cheat here because i have three two of which are a trilogy so the first one is the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I mean, I already have That's it in Blu-ray. No, my no, my wife is with you on wow. that one. So, like, I can just imagine Carl if it looks like that on Blu-ray. Oh yeah, 
you know? And I'm a yeah, fan of the extended funny. editions. I'm a, I'm a major geek here. I wouldn't so. be surprised if Jackson's working on it. Yeah. Why hasn't he yet? I can't believe yeah. that hasn't been done. No idea. I think that the Hobbits are already on 4K, right? I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I think... I don't know. Uh, the, yeah. I, I think the Hobbits ha are, but then again, the Hobbits weren't that good. I mean, compared to, you know, compared to Lord of the Rings. But yeah, that trilogy... I would love to see it on 4K. Then I know it's a little dark and blah, 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 but the Godfather trilogy, especially that one will and two. Eventually come. Well, Jason will be with you on that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially one and two. Like, really, the, the, the Godfather part three, I really don't care for that movie. Like, it's not that good. But the first and the second, especially the second... <gasps> Oh, I, I, I don't know how good that's going to come across, actually, because there is a lot of dark, muddled scenes in that that doesn't have much light to begin with. A lot of candlelight scenes and things like that. Yeah, so. but then precisely because it's 4K, they could really look good, you know, like mm, darks and lights. They would and have to artificially really ramp that one up. But anyway, what well, do you... Well, it's what I would like. And the third one is my favorite <laughs> horror movie ever. Death Silence. That ain't happening, Phantom. But I, you said which movies I would like. I know. I mean, can you imagine all the reds in that yes, movie? Yes, yes. But, you know, lower Mary budget Shaw, films. I know. And then Mary released. Shaw, like like her, her face with the lights and the whites and the blacks, that would look really good. That's true. All right, Carl, I'm curious what you have. So um, I'm just looking to – yeah. So surprisingly um, – one of mine is not even available on Blu-ray yet, and yeah. it's just shocking to me, which is The Abyss. Wow, yes. Great that water scene. not scenes. on Blu-ray yet. Yeah, it's not wow. on Blu-ray. So, you know, I don't know what the heck is happening there. I mean, James Cameron needs to get on the ball. Um, uh, so that's one. The other one is one I just talked about, The Great Escape. It actually just got re-released as a Criterion release with, which they did a 4K transfer, but only put it out on Blu-ray. And mm. I actually was disappointed compared to the original Blu-ray. It, it's slightly better, but not if you much. did a 4K transfer, why are you not just releasing it in 4K? Yeah. Right. Yeah. They've um, done that on other titles, though. That's mm -hmm. not the first time yeah. they've done that. Yeah. And then my third one is another old movie from the 50s. I'd love to see the epic uh, Ten Commandments. Wow. Released oh. on 4K. God, you know what? I, I, I would rather do Ben-Hur. Than the yeah, Ten Commandments. Both of them. I, I'd love to see both of them. Yeah. It's just that I will tell you this, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's extremely dumb, but have you watched The Prince of Egypt? Uh, the cartoon? Yeah. The, yeah. Okay. The parting of the Red Sea in The Prince of Egypt is the best one that there can ever be. When, oh, okay. when, I, when I watched The Ten Commandments later on, because of course, first I watched The King of Egypt being the geek that I am. I was really underwhelmed by the parting of the Red Sea in comparison because sure, it's, yeah. it, it's like, okay. But you got to remember that the, the Ten Commandments is 1956. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I understand that. And the Prince of Egypt is animated, so they could do whatever they want. They wanted, right? Yep. Definitely. But yep. yeah, I'm, yeah, that's the, that would be cool. But uh, yeah. Is, yeah, you're right. Is this the oldest movie you have on 4K, A Space Odyssey, Carl? Uh, I think so. Okay. 
Yeah, I was I'd just curious how many of yeah. them have actually been released back this far. Like, yeah. I was surprised when Carl sent the list. I had no idea this was even on 4K. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just uh, not the not this last Christmas, but the one before. So, yeah, well, it's recent. I got to say, great pick, Carl. I am glad I rewatched this movie. I am glad to own it on 4K, and everybody out there needs to get this movie. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. No doubt about it. So, Carl, can the fans find you anywhere? Are you doing anything else? Do you have any plugs, Twitter, anything? I'm I'm on Twitter, at uh, SlickGit. Uh, slick Hud git at slick git it's from a, it's a line from harry potter that oh, always made me laugh you didn't know that phantom she's over here in amazement <laughs> wait she's a minute a potter what fan. okay so uh, what 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 again carl slick so that yeah there's a there's a scene you know the scene where um ron sees his sister kissing a guy and they're they're in the the restaurant or it's not a restaurant but it's like a pub mm-hmm. and uh yeah and madam then, at the yeah Madame and and he Murta. calls he calls him he calls the guy from a distance he calls the guy a slick git and then later on they're in bed and he's talking with Harry and he's like kind of praising the guy saying he's really cool you know and Harry's like you called him a slick git not five hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, I so don't remember that. What, what yeah. movie is that? Uh, it's oh man. It's one of the later ones. Um, Order I, of the Phoenix, I maybe. cannot believe, Carl, yeah. you've stunned the Phantom with Harry Potter, <laughs> her favorite freaking movies. <laughs> well, well, I'm way more of a fan of the books. I, I like... Didn't so, you have a Harry Potter podcast for many years? <laughs> I did, but we didn't talk about Slitgits. Okay. <laughs> All right, Definitely so Slitgit on Twitter, is that it? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it these days. All right, and I'm inviting you back anytime you want to, Carl. Like, awesome. Anytime you, you want to yeah, come no, on the fun. show, come back. You're more than welcome. We'll have you anytime, man. But next yeah, time, sounds good. We get to pick the movie. Yeah, it's <laughs> even better. Better. All right. So, where do you want the fans to go on our website, Phantom? You can go to BillSheddy.com and sign our guest book there. I am on Twitter at LadyPhantom74. Um, we are on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, all the radios. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Um, Bill is not on Twitter anymore. Um, Letterboxd. We are on Letterboxd. Uh, Bill Shetty and Lady Phantom and of course take a look or a listen to our other podcast Horror Movie Weekly with Jay of the Dead hi Jay um, and, that's and it. get over to our guest book leave a comment at BillShetty.com I said that oh did you yeah see I wasn't paying attention Yeah, as usual alright <laughs> thanks again to Carl appreciate it buddy oh thank you guys I'm, I'm honored to be here no problem all right so remember fans every week we're coming out right now so don't miss an episode get a subscription there from any one of those sources that the phantom said we'll catch you on the next one